You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2022. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 22 years and has taught worldwide in over 32 countries and continues to educate in person and online. My name is Ava Brandt and I am happy to welcome you to the third season of my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. Today, we're going to be talking about model calls. I have been a photographer for 22 years. I say this almost every podcast, and I've had model calls for 22 years. And recently, a lot of my students have had questions about so many issues related to model calls. For example, if you take a workshop, are you allowed to use the images? And some people may say no, because it doesn't represent your work or what you can do. And I disagree. I think the whole purpose of taking a workshop is to learn, to learn the lighting, the posing, and the angles. The students are still the ones taking the photos. And it depends kind of what workshop it is. I have some workshops where I'm doing all the posing and setting up and they're shooting. And then there's other workshops that I have that are hands-on where the students are actually doing the wrapping and, and the setups. And so in both cases, though, the student is picking up their camera and taking the photo. So why not use that photo? Why not use it for marketing and, and promotion? And people may say, well, because what if they can't reproduce that work? Well, newsflash, sometimes I can't reproduce my own work. You know, every single client that walks through my door will bring in images that they've seen of my work that they like, whether it's maternity, newborn, children, or family. And sometimes it's just the lighting of a particular image, maybe the outfit, maybe the pose, No client is coming in saying, I want everything exactly like that woman. Maybe sometimes, but very rarely. Now, let's take maternity, for example. A client may come in and show me an example of an image that I captured where I'm tossing fabric. It is absolutely impossible for me to achieve that exact same look. Well, first of all, I'm not tossing the fabric, an assistant is, and regardless, you can't toss fabric the exact same way more than once. That's the whole point of fabric and movement and and capturing something in time. Much like a dancer, when they dance and you're photographing a dancer's movement, it'll never be exactly the same as a different dancer's uh, image, even if it's the same style of dance. It's just impossible when it's movement, right? So I'll always let my client go, no, okay, well, yes, of course we we have that fabric and we'll do our best tossing. And sometimes we're really great at tossing, other times not so much. Tossing fabric uh, with a maternity model is not easy. It really, really isn't. There's really great days and then there's days that are not so great. So it's impossible for me to duplicate that exact pose, that exact toss of the material. Well, if I'm teaching a maternity workshop, it's the same. We'll toss the material. The students are the one tossing the material. We're posing the subject. They can take those images and market it and buy the same exact material. There's nothing wrong with that because they were involved in a session that did that and they did capture that image. Now, can they produce the exact lighting? Can they produce the exact toss? No, but neither can I. 
Well, it's the same with newborn. I can get really creative in my newborn sessions and I love to use flowers and textures and wool felts and materials. And many times a client will bring a sample of something that I've done that's really creative. And I'm in my mind going, I have no idea how I did that the first time. There's no way I can do that exactly the same. And I don't usually say that out loud. Sometimes I will. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, wow, how did I do that? But the client will then say, well, no, of course, I just like that image. Whatever you can do along that style is what I'm looking for. No client will say, I need that exact image. They're they're just not going to say that because they know that every baby's different. The lighting is different. The day is different. And they know it's impossible to duplicate the exact same. And it's not meant to. It's meant to inspire and say, yeah, I love this look. Let's try to do that. And it's always a challenge to me because I don't like duplicating my own work. I don't like doing the exact same thing. So even if it's a heart bowl underneath a fabric with a baby, I'm going to just try to angle it a little bit differently, use different accessories, shoot it a little bit differently. So it's a challenge to myself whether the image was from a model or a workshop or a, a baby or whoever it is, I challenge myself to create that style for my client, but do it a little bit differently just so I don't duplicate my own work because I get bored seeing the same images over and over. Well, I really don't think it's any different for a student. I'm teaching the student the lighting settings, uh, the light settings, the angle of the light, the pose. I'm teaching them in a way that I want them to be able to achieve this on their own. I have no fear of if they will exactly. And a lot of teachers may say, oh, I'm going to put a five mile or 10 mile or 20 mile radius. I'm not going to teach any photographers within that radius because, because of what? I don't know, competition? I don't really believe in competition because I can have one of my students live a minute away with the same fabric and the same lighting And it's never going to be exactly my work. It's just not. And how she reacts to the client and her personality is different than mine. And so if someone chooses to go to her versus me, that's fine. I don't really believe that competition should hold us back from teaching and inspiring others. And so if you're a teacher, an educator that chooses to impose a restriction or a a radius or a limit on who you're teaching, that's obviously your choice and you have your reasons. For me, I've never done that, nor will I ever. And for me, I feel that I'm here to teach. I'm here to do my work as well as my clients. But when I teach, I'm here to teach and pass on the information in a way that the student can take that knowledge and go and create on their own. And that, to me, is is the whole point of teaching. Whether they use those images for promotional media marketing, their choice. I think it's great. I think, why not? Uh, And then it challenges them to create that work for any clients they bring in. And if they can't, that's on them, not on me. And to me, it just forces them to go, hey, okay, I did this image at Anna's studio or her workshop. It looks completely different in my studio. How can I continue to perfect my work? And that's how we learn and that's how we grow. So when we talk about what can we use model call images for? I don't think it should be used for competition because competition is a whole other breed. And I think that your competition images should be from your own eye, your own mind, your own creative input from start to finish. And so I think that's the only 
rule I think that should really be imposed out there that if you are taking a workshop or being trained that you should not use the images that your teacher set up for you for a competition. As far as marketing, promotion, uh, media material, why not? I also don't think you should sell those images because most models are coming to the session usually for free in exchange for image compensation, meaning they will receive a certain number of hopefully edited images from the instructor, which is me or whoever else is doing it, and that is their compensation for releasing the images for use for the photographer to use them in promotional marketing. It's usually not to capitalize on that image and sell it for stock, for example, unless the model is coming in for a stock agreement. And so many, many, many stock images are derived from models that in turn, again, their compensation may not be in the form of financial, but in the form of images. And then the photographer can then sell those images for stock and the photographer has to get paid somehow. So you know, in the case of workshops, the instructor is being paid and then the model is being compensated as well. And so I think that a couple of things regard model calls. First of all, you know, one of the questions that I get all the time is, I'm just starting out. I need images for my portfolio. Is it okay to do a model call? And my answer is yes, yes, and always yes. I've been doing, as I said, model calls for 22 years. From when I started out to, I still do them. Sometimes I do them for my own personal creativity. If I'm in a funk or I need to be inspired, I'll do a model call. I have a dress line that I sell at bellybabywear.com. And so many times we'll have a new dress release and then I need models to come in and try the dresses on so that I can use the images to sell the dresses and also perfect the design and the sizing. That's super important with any clothing line. Sometimes I need what I'm educating. I'm an educator. So I educate in person and online. Well, when you're an educator, if you're creating online material, it's very difficult to do it from client work. Because when your clients come in, you're you need to focus on that client. They're paying you. That's where your time and energy need to go. So there are many, many, many photographers around the world, celebrity and non-celebrity, seasoned and non-seasoned, who are creating educational material for online or books or printed or whatever it is, and they will bring in models so that they can effectively demonstrate and communicate the information that they're trying to train on. And that's important. You pick up any photography book, I, I guarantee you that there are quite a lot of images that were derived from a model call for the purpose and intention of educating you on whatever information that author is trying to provide. And so whether you're just starting out or you've been around 20 years, there's no shame in a model call. You know, when I first started, my portfolio were my nieces and nephews. They were all free images. They were all people that I knew. When I showed my portfolio to people or when I put my images on a website, I not once said, oh, this is my niece who I worked for free and shot her images for free and didn't receive any money for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why, why would I say that? Am I trying to devalue the image? I mean, what is the purpose of saying that? There's no reason to devalue the image. There's no reason to devalue the purpose or creation of the image. The purpose is to show you my work. And so when I came from New York to California, I needed to create a body of work. So there's a couple of things that you do as a newborn photographer. First, you've got to create a website or a portfolio or a body of work to show, to show visual imagery so you can get clients, right? 
Well, most people go from amateur to pro. Most people start out, whether they're just photographing their kids or their babies or their family and friends, that's usually how people start. I can't think of a photographer around that did not photograph somebody for free before they went pro. No one's just going to pick up a camera with no experience and no images whatsoever. And I'm going to, and, and have someone hire them. It's just not quite how it works. You need samples, you need prototypes, you need models, right? Whether it's your own children or you did something for a friend and everyone loved your work and said, oh, we should hire you. You should be a pro. And you're like, okay, well, now I need more samples of my work. So what do you do? And too many times new photographers will just say, well, I'm just going to be super cheap. I'm going to be $5, $10, $25, $75. And I'm going to get a ton of people behind my camera so that I can show how amazing I am. The challenge with that method is, let's say you are amazing and you become even more amazing. Um, The problem is no one wants to pay you because you started out dirt cheap. And unfortunately, a lot of photographers are really good and they start out dirt cheap just because they want to get people behind their camera. And then they get so busy because they're dirt cheap. And then all of a sudden it's, I'm broke. I have no money. No one wants to pay me more. Um... And my work is good, so why can't I charge more? And if I charge more, I'm going to lose all my clients, right? Sound familiar? I hear this every single day. When I went pro, I started out with full retail pricing. I never had one of those cheapy free periods that a lot of new photographers make the mistake of doing. I had worked in corporate for 10 years. I knew how much money I wanted to make, how much money it cost me to just live every single day. So when I went pro, there was never a time where I would go, oh, I'm just going to be super cheap so I get a bunch of people in front of my camera. That thought actually never entered my mind. Now, it was before social media, and I'm kind of glad I started before social media. I'm glad that that thought never crossed my mind, and I'm glad that no one told me to do that because I never had that period of trying to get out of being super cheap and struggling to find people, you know, a way for people to pay me because I never introduced that philosophy in the first place. What I did do was I created retail pricing. My portfolio consisted, as I said, of my friends and family and nieces and nephews. And then I would do model calls on the side. I would go to my local doctor's office and I asked her for maternity and newborn models to refer. And in exchange, I would give them free images and I would also hang work in my doctor's office. I would, you know, anytime I knew anyone that was pregnant or with a newborn, I would say, oh, I have a model call opening. Are you available? I wouldn't say, hey, every session I'm doing is free because I need work because my hope is that they would refer me to friends and family. And then if I did that, all their friends and family would want free cheap photos. Instead, I made sure that it was kind of a special thing like, hey, I'm working on, and I would pick specific things to work on. I wouldn't just do everything. So for example, one month I would say, oh, I'm going to work on newborn babies. And so I would look for models and it may only be one or two a month that I could work on creating unique sets and images that would then go on my portfolio. The model would know, hey, this is a very special thing. They would see my retail pricing on the website. I had a referral program pretty early on so they could refer me to their friends and family and they would say, oh, check out this photographer. These are her prices. I was able to have images from a free model call. You know, you can sign up for her newsletter, hint, hint. I had a newsletter from the beginning. She may have a model call 
you know, when you're pregnant or newborn, but if not, this is, you know, this is her pricing and she's really good. So many people would come to me and hire me. Other people would sign up for my newsletter and hoping a model call would come their way, but if not, they would still hire me. So I, I, it was, it was a really good balance and that's how I built my business. And I continue to do that. You know, there are times where, I have local clients who will kind of follow me and see when my workshops are and be like, oh my gosh, you know, I really want to be a part of that model call. But if it doesn't align or they don't get picked, they'll still come into me for a paid session anyway. In turn, there's many times I have clients come in and their babies are gorgeous and beautiful. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, I have a model call coming up. And I'll ask that client, do you want to come back? Because I have a great relationship with that client. I've already worked with that baby. The pre- the pressure and stress is off Um, because they've already had their pain session. And many, many times my clients will come back for a model call and they love it. It's more photos. Why not? Now, some photographers may say, well, Anna, I'm afraid to put up my model call because if I do, my paid clients will want to pay me they'll want to just do a free session. Well, the point is that you're not doing free sessions all the time and you're not doing model calls every single day. The other point is that you want to kind of have themes for your model calls. You know, sometimes it could be sitters. Sometimes it could be maternity. Sometimes it could be babies under two weeks. Sometimes it's family posing. Sometimes it's just baby only posing. Many times when I do a newborn model call, someone may say, oh, can I bring my siblings the baby siblings or, you know, can we do family? And I may say, well, it's just for newborn only. And they'll say, okay, well, maybe I'll book you for a family session, you know, and vice versa. So being very specific and intentional about your model calls, not having them open all the time. Don't just be announcing free sessions 24 seven. You'll never make any money. In addition, whether you're just starting out or you've been around 10 years, it doesn't matter. You can still do that. My advice for the new photographer is you should have retail pricing available on your website and then choose when you're doing the model calls. I'd much rather see you do that and grow your business maybe a little slower than just being super dirt cheap and inviting everybody and their mother for no money at all, overworking yourself, going broke, and then having anyone respect or value you at at the price that you should be paid. Hopefully that makes sense. Why would you do a model call? You may say, well, I don't, why would I do free sessions? There's so many ways. And I've already talked about a few of them. It allows you to experiment with new techniques that maybe you're hesitant to try on existing clients because if it fails, mm, that existing client's paying you, whether it's new or existing. If they're paying you for a session and you're trying something new and it flops, mm, you may end up doing a reshoot for free and that's not a good idea. So whenever you have new lighting, new backdrops, new dress, you're trying out gels or new techniques, it's better to bring in a model or a friend of the family or someone to try it out and get really comfortable so that when a paying client does come in, you know what you're doing. It does allow you to be more creative because the pressure is off from payment of services. You still want to guarantee that models some compensation in the form of images. You want to make sure that you can at least guarantee something. If you are teaching, it allows you to create educational material and teach, I find, in a more effective way because you can create notes and, you know, bullet points and be a little bit more careful with your keynotes and material because you can say, okay, step one, step two, step three, step four, and you can create the work in a way that transitions to educational material. It also, and this is something people don't talk about too often, provides a service to those who can't afford photography. You know, look, let's be real. Photography is a luxury service. If you're choosing between me and food on your table, please go get food on your table. You know, I, my craft is is great. I love it. I'll do it till the end of my days, but it is a luxury. Nobody needs me. 
And that may that could be debatable. Maybe they need me because they need a photo for their own book, or they need me because they need headshots for their job. So yes, photography is an important service, but it is a luxury service in that it's not a matter of life and death, correct? Worst case, you could take your own photo. That's what I'm trying to say. And there are people in this world that can't afford a professional photographer. Just like there's things that I can't afford to do. I would love to fly first class to Dubai. Can't afford to do that. Last I checked, it was like $50,000 for a first class ticket. Certainly don't have enough miles to do that and certainly can't afford to do that. But some people can. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's nothing wrong with providing model calls to those who can't afford photography service. There's a few things I want you to be careful of and to think about when you're all doing model calls. Number one, I really don't agree with bait and switch. I don't agree with some of the philosophies that are out there, some of the teachings that are out there saying maybe the $5,000 model call, meaning bring in someone for free and then try to sell them on services and you could make $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, $4,000, $5,000, whatever. Um, I, I don't, uh, I'm pausing in what I'm saying because I know there are people that do that. I know there's educators that do that. I know there are people that sell programs on doing that. And if you're someone that's doing it and it's effective and it's working for you, I'm not here to judge you. I'm saying for me, uh, I feel it brings distrust to, it would bring distrust to my brand if I just put out model calls in the intention of upselling to that model. And I've been in situations where I've had models come to me and they say, Anna, is it free? And I say, yes. And what do I get in return? You'll get a certain number of images. Well, how many images? Mm, not sure because I don't know how your baby's going to perform or how you're going to perform. But I can tell you that everything I've shot that's not duplicate, that's in focus, I will give you. It could be five images. It could be 20. Uh, and so I give my models as many images as I can. I'm not one of those photographers who say, you're going to spend three hours with me and get five images in return. That's, that's not who I am. I do know some people that do that, that will bring in models for hours and only give them two images. That is not me. However, if I have a baby, you know, crying the whole time and it's a newborn session and I only get two images, that's, that's all I can give you. But I do my best to provide a good amount of images to that model but the model's there and they can see how they're performing or how the newborn's performing so they can get a good idea of how many images they're going to receive. I do not bring them back in and try to sell them on images or upsell them. That's where the bait and switch can come in because a, a client or a model can feel like, okay, well, they said it was free and then they want to sit down and go over the images and have an IPS or a sales session and then they're going to try to upsell me and the model can feel taken advantage of. They can feel like it's bait and, bait and switch. They can not trust you as much and word gets around. And if they know that they need to come in and choose a certain number of images and the rest they can pay for, fine. But let them know up front. Please let them know before they come in for the model call. Put everything in writing. Have them sign it so that the agreement and understanding is there and then you don't have that issue. 
For me, I'm not in the business of upselling or selling to my models. Now, if a model comes to me and says, hey, Anna, thank you for the images. I love them. I really want to get a book or I want to get some canvases or I want to do some enlargements. Can I do that? Can I pay you to do that? Absolutely. And I've had models do that. I've had models come in and say, oh, I really love these images. I want to order a book through your company. Absolutely fantastic. But I've never once forced them to do that or solicited them to do that. Um, Of course, it's always a bonus when anyone wants to buy anything extra. Another thing is make sure you have a model release so that they agree that you can allow to use these images because there's no point in bringing a model in and you're providing a free service and then they say, I don't want you to share these images. There's no point in that and that negates your work and is disappointing for everybody. So you should let the model know ahead of time that they need to sign a model release, that the session will be free, that they'll receive X number of images in exchange, have it in writing, have them sign a release. You also want to make it clear what you need to achieve during that session. You know, a lot of photographers will get disappointed because they'll say, oh, you know, I did this free maternity session and the model just didn't represent the image that I was going for and I can't really use the the images. Well, were you really clear on what you were looking for in a model? You know, when I first started out, I was looking for specific Well, in the beginning, I was just looking for good images. Then as I grew my business, I realized, okay, I need, uh, let's take nude images. I need a really good collection of nude images for my portfolio because nude imagery is something you really need to show so people understand, right? And so I did a specific model call just for nude images, And I was very clear to that model. Now, there's many ways you can do it. They can use tape. They can use nude underwear. You can remove the underwear or they can be full on nude. But ideally, if you're doing a nude model call, you'll receive models that are comfortable in their own skin. And I've had models that are comfortable walking around completely nude and having photos done because there is a trust between them and I to deliver the images in an artful, tasteful way that's not going to expose them or violate them. And that's important. That's super important. So when you're doing a model call for that, you want to make sure that they understand what you're trying to achieve, the images that you're hoping to capture, and with the understanding that when you do show these images, that they're going to be shown in a positive, creative light. And that's important. If you do not translate or communicate this image to the model and she comes in and, oh, she's not really comfortable being nude. Or maybe you did make her feel comfortable. And then all of a sudden she's realizing my family's going to kill me if they see these images. This isn't the right model. This isn't the right collaboration. This isn't the right relationship. If you're looking for a super thin model and a plus size model comes in and you don't ask for an image ahead of time and the plus size model comes in and she's rocking the session, but it wasn't what you're looking for, everyone's going to be disappointed. And don't do that. You know, if you're working with a model agency, the model agency is going to ask the person hiring the model, what do you need? What's the color of the skin? What's the color of the hair? Are they a size two or a size 22? You know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the requirements of a modeling agency. How can they provide the right model if you're not bringing forth the characteristics of what you need in that model. And so people will say, well, Anna, can I 
Is it okay to say that I need somebody who has black skin or brown skin or red skin? Yes, it's okay. You can say that in a in a way that is not demeaning in any way, shape, or form. You know, I'm brown and, and my son is brown and he modeled as a baby. And the very first modeling job he got was because he had brown skin. And the agency told us they need a brown baby. And I'm like, I have one. I didn't feel offended that they needed a brown baby. And sure enough, he was in a pajama and a JCPenney ad because they needed a brown baby amongst 10 other white babies. I wasn't offended. And so, you know, there's a way that you can communicate that and the person with that characteristic, whether it's the color of their skin or their hair, or they have an Afro or straight or they have freckles or not, as long as you communicate that in a professional way, they shouldn't be offended. They'll be like, oh, check, check, check. I, yes, I can, I can go to this model call. My daughter is is an actress, and when the calls come in for models, they say, we need a teen, 15 to 17. We need a Caucasian teen. We need a Latin teen. You know, we need a teen with straight hair. You know, recently one of the, one of the calls was, you can't have, you know, dyed hair. You know, they're very specific so that when the actress or potential actress is submitting their headshot for this particular job they know whether they're going to get accepted or not based on particular criteria. Having specific characteristics about the type of model you need is important because when the person is submitting for that job, they can check off the boxes and say, yes, I fulfill those requirements and they have a chance on being chosen for that particular job. Don't try to do everything with one model. Don't just do a model call and then go, oh, I need to get nude and I need to get traumatic and I need to, you know, have them pose like a model and I need this, this, and this. And then your everyday Joe walks in off the street and they don't know how to do anything and you're disappointed and they're disappointed. And so it's important that you communicate with the potential model you're very clear in your objectives for that particular model. And then what happens is it's a mutual collaboration and the two of you can create art together. When I do model calls, I ask them to submit their image so that I can understand if the subject that is submitting their image for the model that I need is the right fit. And if they are, I call them. And if they're not, then I don't use them. It doesn't mean I'm offended by who they are, the skin, the hair, the shape. It just means that for the particular job that I need, they don't fit the right characteristic. It's that simple. Be honest, be clear in what you need, be clear in your objectives and your goals for that shoot. Be honest in what you're delivering to that model and then everybody will be happy and the work that needs to be created will be created. So if you're in the photography world, there's a chance that you will have model calls forever, whether you're just starting out or you've been around a while. There's nothing wrong with doing them. And I think they're an important way to be creative, to step outside of the box, to try new things, to expand your portfolio, and to spend the rest of your life doing what you love to do. Hopefully this topic helps clear up some issues or questions that you may have regarding model calls, you're always welcome to reach out to me directly and I can guide you in any way that I can. I wish that you have a long creative life. My name is Anna Brandt. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? 
We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrandt.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at AnnaBrandtEducation.com.